Before I start this episode, I would like to discuss the unfortunate event that took place over the past weekend. The Leicester City Chairman, Vichai Sriva Danaprabha, and five other, four other passengers aboard a helicopter crashed and lost their lives after the Leicester City West Ham match last week. It was very, very sad news struck the whole football world the whole football world is in mourning and at this time i would just like to send my condolences to the family of vichai srivadana prabha and also to the families of those who were also on board who passed away on the helicopter i would also like to send my condolences to the leicester city staff the players supporters and definitely the legacy of the leicester city former owner will never be forgotten. His contribution to this football club and to football fans across the world who witnessed the the whole world get shocked by Leicester City after they won the league three years ago, it will never be forgotten. And it was all down to the brilliance, the foresight of Vichai Srivadana Prabha. It's a very sad event. I would like to send my condolences and may his soul rest in peace. So welcome to episode 18 of the DKB Footy Show. I am your host, David Ballat, and I'm back again, excited to discuss another beautiful week of the beautiful game. Had a lot of matches over the week midweek fixtures as well as weekend games and without further ado let's get down to business so it's definitely only fitting that i start my discussion today with la liga with el clasico barcelona absolutely demolishing real madrid five goals to one what a match that was. Luis Suarez put on a clinic. He got the hat-trick as well as goals from... As well as goals from... I forget the other two guys who scored. But overall, it was an amazing match. Oh, yes. Coutinho got the first goal. Suarez had the hat-trick. And then Arturo Vidal got his first goal in his first classical. Absolutely crazy game i mean i'm not gonna say i'm surprised by the results sort of surprised i mean i didn't really expect real madrid to get mauled the way they did and um i know they've been out of form but i expected them to really step up for the classical and to also show that they were really supporting the manager because all indications from the dressing room showed that they were actually behind him and they didn't really have too many issues with him especially Sergio Ramos, who had been defending him so vehemently throughout the whole season. And yeah, they really did not show up in this match. The first half especially, they were very, very lucky to be only down by two goals to nil at the first half. The first half, they did not, they could not even string five passes together. I mean, from top to bottom, man, they were outplayed, absolutely. Real Madrid just had no answers for barcelona's press for barcelona's attack they had no answers and they couldn't create any chances of their own 
and it was definitely a well-deserved lead going into the break. The second half, however, was actually a very, very different story if you regard the first 20 minutes. So there, Real Madrid actually got back into the game. They really played some good football. They got a goal back, deservedly so. And they actually pushed on and on after that. And they actually put Barcelona on the ropes. Barcelona were actually looking very vulnerable. And Real Madrid should have actually equalized, in all honesty. They missed a lot of chances. I remember Isco hit the post. Benzema had the header that went over the bar. Another player missed a very good clear-cut chance. And they were unfortunate. But the thing is, if you're pushing for an equalizer, you're always going to leave space behind. And Barcelona absolutely exploited that space. And Suarez got that beautiful header from close to the edge of the box from the cross from Sergio Roberto and that just killed the game for Real Madrid from there they just absolutely collapsed and imploded and just let anything happen to them and that was not not too long after the goal that made it 3-1 Suarez got another chance made it 4-1 and then Arturo Vidal off the bench from the Usman Dembele cross also came off the bench and that was lights out for Real Madrid and no surprises here what happened after the match Lopetegui lost his job I can't really say I feel bad for him to be honest because this guy has actually gone from hero to zero within a three to four month span it's incredible this guy was in charge of spain they looked like they were world cup favorites at least most pundits most fans really looked at spain as being one of the contenders to actually win the world cup and then this guy decided to accept the real madrid job just a few days before the world cup started that cost him his job but at the end of the day it wasn't the end of the world because he had a real madrid job to go to but he did not do himself any good man since day one with this team i mean the first few matches they won quite comfortably they lost the super the super cup the uefa super cup they lost at atletico madrid but we can say okay fine it's his first match he's gonna get better and they seem to be getting better in the league, especially they were beating teams 3-1, 4-1. Bale was in the form of his life. But then once they just dropped the first points of the season, it was just all downhill from there. They just did not recover anymore. And it was so obvious that this guy knows nothing. I mean, let's be honest. Look at his track record. His biggest accomplishment is winning the Portuguese league with FC Porto. I mean... Honestly, I can do that. I know Porto hasn't been winning the league every year, like lately. But honestly, if you give a like a goat, literally a goat, that job, he will at least win the league at least once with FC Porto. I mean, it's not even really a competition for them in that league. So that's really his biggest accomplishment. The other teams he managed, they didn't really do anything spectacular. Okay, he had the Spain job. They were winning well, but they only beat minnows, man. They only beat really small teams. And the qualification process, we all know the World Cup qualifiers 
are not too tough for the real European super heavyweights. So it was no surprise that they scaled through qualification the way they did. So really, I think this is just Lopetegui showing his true self. He's really not that great as a manager. And he's managed to lose two of the boss top positions in terms of management in the space of three or four months. That's really incredible, man. Yeah, Real Madrid, they, they do not show you mercy. I mean, they even, they honestly, they actually stuck with him for a lot longer than I expected. I remember um, other other coaches, okay, I mean, okay, Benitez also, he actually got a longer period of time, but it was because he actually had a track record to defend himself with. But this guy, man, he, yeah, he didn't really have a track record, was losing left, right, and center. I mean, they went how many hours without scoring a goal? Right now, Real Madrid isn't even in the top four. They're like seventh or eighth position in the league, and that's just unacceptable for Real Madrid absolutely unacceptable so now it's Santiago Solari the former Real Madrid player who has taken over as the coach in the interim there are reports that he's only been given this interim job for a few weeks while others say that he's he has a position until the end of the season but I definitely know that he needs to get the ball rolling as soon as possible I'm not really expecting another Zidane-esque kind of season where they turn everything around and end up winning the Champions League because I think the team has more issues than just Lopetegui. They definitely they didn't um, replace Ronaldo, which was, in my opinion, the biggest, the like the most stupid decision from them, not even the fact that they hired Lopetegui. So Solari has a huge job ahead of him, man, and he needs to get the ball rolling really quickly. Because to be honest, if he is not able to win like his first three matches, starting with um, their match against Real Valladolid, then that's just going to be an embarrassment for him. And I would really wouldn't be surprised if they took the job away from him in such a short amount of time. So yeah, he's it's going to be interesting. At, at least he knows the players. He's going to have that respect. He's going to have the respect of the fans, being a former player himself. And... Best of luck to him because he's gonna need it. Well, I mean, he got he got off to a winning start actually in the Copa del Rey. He won his first match four 0 so I guess that's a good start. But obviously, they and Real Madrid was not playing against the La Liga team, so it was always expected for them to win that. But he needs to really get the ball rolling very very fast if he wants to keep this job after, like in the interim, and also at the end of the season. So, I'm going to talk about the next match. Atletico Madrid beat Real Sociedad two goals to nil. They were able to capitalize upon Real Madrid's bad form and they look like they're going to be challenging for the league. I sincerely hope they do. Likewise, I also hope Sevilla do and they also got a win against Huesca two goals to one. And Alaves, can you imagine Alaves beat Villarreal two goals to one to stay second in the table? Alaves are second in the Spanish league. That is just completely insane. I don't know how long they can keep up with that. But, man, it's crazy. The top four in La Liga right now is Barcelona, 
um, Barcelona, Alaves, Sevilla, and Atletico Madrid. That's the top four. And that's just wild, man. I mean, who would have ever expected that Real Madrid is nowhere close? I mean, the points difference between Espanyol, who are in fifth, and Barcelona, who are top of the league, is just three points. Like that, in recent memory, that has just not even been remotely possible in La Liga. But I'm really happy to see that. It really looks like La Liga is going to be very exciting this season, as I've been saying. So definitely... It's a must-watch must league for this season. So I'm going to move over to the Premier League, talk about the past weekend's games. So the biggest match was actually the Monday fixture, which saw Spurs host Manchester City. Manchester City won the match, courtesy of a Riyad Mahrez goal early in the first half. He scored the goal and paid tribute to the Leicester City owner. He definitely has a lot of thanks to give him for the career that he had in Leicester and for all the opportunities that he gave him. So I'm sure it must have been an emotional night for him. He got the winning goal. Good for him. We're going to talk about the game. I think Manchester City definitely deserved the win. They managed to control the game in a very, very poor pitch. The pitch was... the, The day before that match, actually, the NFL had a had a match between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Philadelphia Eagles, I believe. And they didn't really have time to fix up the pitch, to clear up the markings for the for American football and replace them with proper football markings on the pitch. So I'm sure the players must have been quite confused, but the Manchester City players didn't actually show any indication that they were. They controlled the match as they usually would on any other pitch. They dominated the game and they deservedly got the win. However, Spurs had a few chances that they were left to rule, especially the Eric Lamella chance that he just skied over the the post, the crossbar. Uh, I think that was a poor miss by him and they could have actually gotten something out of a game where they didn't really deserve anything. Harry Kane also missed a decent chance as well where... I believe Edison just came off his line quickly enough to snuff out the danger. But Spurs, they still they're just outside of the top four now, and I don't I'm not sure if it's still their best start to a season. But they definitely show that they're nowhere near the class of Manchester City. City are just a cut above, and they really show that they also lost early in the season to Liverpool in Wembley as well. So it's just more indication that Liverpool and City are really the only two teams that seem like they're going to go the distance this season. Spurs, on the other hand, I think they they need to really move to the new stadium. I mean, like this whole, it seems like the team, the club has just been feeding lies to their fans, saying the stadium was going to be ready by the start of the season. It hasn't been. It was supposed to be ready after like the first four or five games still not ready and now it seems like it's not going to be ready until after the new year and they're also selling it as spurs bringing champions league football to their new stadium but the thing is they might not even be in the champions league they might be in the europa league by the time they move into that new stadium so they've got a lot they've got a lot of challenges coming up i mean their lack of signings is kind of affecting them pochettino is 
has done a wonderful job there in my opinion and it looks like Real Madrid are definitely considering getting him and that was the reason why they only gave Solari this interim position and they didn't even offer um, Conte the job. It seemed like they also only wanted Conte to have an interim position whereas Conte wasn't down with that and at the end of the season it's definitely going to be between Conte and Pochettino and I feel like Real Madrid is definitely leaning towards signing Pochettino so Spurs are going to do very very well to keep Pochettino because if he leaves a lot of players are going to leave I mean that same season I can definitely see him saying if I'm going to Real Madrid I want to take Harry Kane with me and it's going to be very very difficult for Spurs to hold on to him I mean they're going to get a huge amount of money for him because we all know Daniel Levy he is just the toughest negotiator but Spurs they have a tough tough season this season they're gonna have a tough they have to definitely make the top four and it's not gonna be easy but they're still in the realms I mean they're just fifth and just I think a point off Arsenal so it's not too bad for them next match Liverpool beat Cardiff four goals to one Salah looks like he's returning to form man he had one goal two assists Mane had two goals and Jadon Shakiri off the bench got a goal this game was actually not as comfortable as the 4-1 suggested. They got the first goal early on through Mo, Mo Salah and it, all indications seemed like they were just going to steamroll th- from there and destroy Cardiff. But that wasn't to be because they didn't really create any clear-cut chances throughout that first half. Cardiff were actually quite comfortable. And in the second half, it was more or less the same until Shakiri came off the bench and he really changed the game. He really put gave a new um, dimension to this team, to their attack especially. And that was where Mane was able to get the winning goal. And Shakiri got another goal to make it 3-1. And then Mane got the fourth goal to really kill off the match. It was actually, sorry, after it became 2-0 through Mane, Cardiff got a goal back. And it was definitely looking very, very nervy, very shaky for Liverpool. But they were able to close the game out. So good for them. They got the 4-1 win. And they're definitely the only ones who seem to be able to go the whole distance with Spurs. We sorry, with Manchester City. Maybe Chelsea can as well. We'll talk about them in just a little bit. Next match was United. Manchester United defeated Everton. Two goals to one at Old Trafford. The game was, was a decent match. Everton had a few half chances that they could have done better with maybe with a little bit better decision making especially from Walcott they probably could have gotten something out of this match but that being said I think United were definitely worthy of the 2-1 win I think they actually looked comfortable and it was really reckless how Chris Smalling gave away that penalty that Sigurdsson scored to make 2-1 Pogba had a very good game despite the fact that he lost the ball that led to the penalty he had a very very good game he scored the penal. He scored the goal in the the first goal. Missed the penalty after that ridiculous run up that he refuses to change. Missed the penalty, but luckily for him, he got the rebound, got the goal, and he assisted Anthony Martial's goal as well. And Martial, he is getting back in form again. He's showing everybody why he is, why he has so much potential, and why he is highly regarded by United fans and by. Football fans everywhere. 
it's he does he definitely deserves to be benching Sanchez. I mean Sanchez was injured, I think, but even if he was fit, Martial definitely was worthy of that position. And he was just awarded the Manchester United Player of the Month actually this um today. And he deserved it. He has had a very good month. He has had five games, four goals, I believe. And the double against Chelsea, the ma- the goal here, and I believe another goal he scored. And yeah, he's been excellent this this month, and he has definitely staked his claim as the like most talented attacking player United have right now. He is the best finisher in the team, best attacking player, and Mourinho should be wise not to bench him again. He is actually the one who might actually be saving Mourinho's blushes right now, because if not for that draw against Chelsea and this win i honestly don't know if Mourinho would still be united coach so Mourinho needs to be thankful to him instead of constantly criticizing him as he has done throughout his whole tenure since coming to united next match crystal palace two arsenal two arsenal dropped points finally after the whole 11 game winning streak they finally dropped their first their first points of the season against crystal palace away from home it was definitely a deserved draw. I think the 2-2 was a very fair result. Crystal Palace came from behind twice, actually, to get that draw. And the equaliser actually came very late after after um, after Granite Shaka fouled Zaha. Yeah, after Granite Shaka fouled Zaha, for the penalty that was the equalizer but before that Shaka actually hit a beautiful free kick that gave Arsenal the lead and Aubameyang so after Crystal Palace equalized Aubameyang then made it 2-1 and then Zaha got the penalty because Shaka just couldn't handle him Shaka was playing left back I don't know why he was playing at left back I guess maybe Kolasinac and Montreal are both injured, but I don't really see why Shaka is a good left back. But he played there. I don't really think he had the discipline, but and it showed because he gave away the penalty. He just couldn't handle Zaha on that wing. And yeah, Arsenal dropped their first points. And um, let's see from here if they're actually the real deal or if they're just going to have some kind of mini crisis or an implosion even. Burnley nil, Chelsea 4. Very good win for Chelsea. No Eden Hazard. No problem. They had the likes of Morata, Barkley, Willian and Loftus-Cheek who got the goals for Chelsea away from home against Burnley. It was a good away win for them. Barkley is looking more and more like the player that he was back in Everton all those years back when he was touted as being the next big thing from England. He is really relishing this role on the Sari. Sari seems to like him a lot. He actually seems like he's put in the work since Sari came. Even before Sari came, I actually read that this guy, once it was announced that Sari was becoming the new manager of Chelsea, he went online and started like researching and looking at videos of the way Napoli played. And he really trained himself hard. And so he really made sure that he was ready to play under Sari's system once Sari came and he definitely looks like he has a claim to actually bench Kovacic from now on because as good as Kovacic is he 
Barkley brings another dimension to the game that Kovacic is just not capable of, and that's goals and assists. Kovacic is a very solid player in his position, but no player in that midfield provides goals and assists. And so if Barkley can do that, he definitely has a claim to be starting above Kovacic, and I expect him to be starting from now on, actually. So good for him, and good for Morata as well. He seems to be in some form finally after the really shitty start of the season that he's had. He got another goal. I think he's had like four goals in his last three games now. So I guess that's really great for him. Loftus-Cheek got another goal after the hat-trick that he scored midweek in the Europa League. But he definitely needs to go on loan somewhere because he, I don't think he has a chance get breaking into this team. But yeah, that's about it for the Premier League review. Move over to Syria, and the standout fixture from that from the weekend was Napoli one Roma one. Al Sharawi opened the scoring in the fourteenth minutes. Napoli did play well; I think they were the better team. However, Roma could have gotten a penalty, which was disallowed, and Dries Mertens finally got an equalizer in the ninetieth minute to make it one one. Napoli will rule their missed chances because they were not able to close the gap on Juventus or at least keep pace with Juventus and actually they even lost their second spot because Inter Milan defeated Lazio three goals to nil away from home beautiful result for Inter Milan they are definitely in form they look like they're going to they're on their way to being back to the dominance to the dominant side that they were all those years back and they had a very good win Manamaro Icardi he is just amazing he's so so good definitely top five strikers in the world right now top five number nines and I would be absolutely shocked if he's still in Inter Milan next season I think he is worthy of 100 million at least 100 million euro 100 million pound transfer to one of the top teams and yeah they're gonna be do they're gonna do very well to keep him if they manage to do that but this guy is something for Inter Milan, man. He's their everything. And it's no surprise that in every match that they do well in, he always scores. And he opened the scoring in this match. Marcelo Brozovic also got a goal. And I forget who got the third. But they were very much worthy of this win over Lazio away from home. Empoli won. Juventus two. Cristiano Ronaldo, he keeps on doing it for Juventus. Keeps on coming out with the goods. How many matches has it been now where this guy has been the difference for Juventus? I think if you take away his goals, they wouldn't be top of the league or like they would probably maybe only be top by like one point. So this match, yeah, it was a very tricky fixture for Juventus. They actually conceded first and police scored the first goal. However, Ronaldo scored a penalty to make it 2-1. And then he gave an absolute rocket in the second half to get the winning goal and give the win to Juventus. Kudos to him. Despite the rape allegations that he's facing, the whole controversy surrounding this, which is a very huge story in the football world, he is managing to at least not let that deter him from his game. It's not letting him, it's not becoming a distraction for him. He's able to to play his best football as he always does, to give 100%. So nice to see for him, good for Juventus, and they are still top of the table, and they extended their lead because Napoli failed to get the win. 
So it's now back to five points at the top of the table for Juventus. And then we've got AC Milan defeated Genoa two goals to one. That was their they had that as a game in hand, so they played that over the weekend over the week. It was a midweek fixture. They got the win over Genoa and AC Milan are now fourth on the table. That's huge for them because they definitely need to make top four this season. They just like Inter Milan need to get back to the glory days. And Gattuso definitely seems like he knows what he's doing with this team. Iguain has been an excellent signing for this team, scoring a boatload of goals. And I hope to see them make the top four this season. It'll be nice to see once again. Over to the Bundesliga, Dortmund dropped points. They dropped points to Hertha Berlin in the Signal Iduna Park. They, it was a very exciting match. It ended 2-2. Braces on both teams. Jaden Sancho got a brace. This kid is just something I really love. This guy, and Salomon Kalu, Salomon Kalu, he's still alive. He's still playing football at Hertha Berlin. He got a brace as well to make it two-two. Twice actually, they came from behind. Dortmund was in the lead twice, and Hertha Berlin did well to come back to get the draw. Dortmund are still top of the table though, and. I hope it stays that way. I hope at least they're able to really go the distance with Bayern, who seem to be in form once again, and who defeated Mainz away from home two goals to one, courtesy of Leon Goretzka and Thiago Alcantara goals. Good result for them. They definitely seem to be back in form. So it's going to be interesting to see if Dortmund can actually keep up with Bayern this season. They have a very good shot of doing that. Let's see if they're able to. Werder Bremen, on the other hand, who had a good start to the season, they had a really crazy game. They lost 2-6 to six against Bayer Leverkusen in their own home. I didn't get to watch this match, but it was nuts. I mean, the result just indicates that it was a really crazy match. And sad for them. They, were, they lost after a strong start to the season. But considering the fact that they've basically been struggling with relegation the past few seasons. I don't think they should have any disappointment with how they've started this season. Ligue 1, La Classique ended with Marseille losing to PSG 2-0 at the Olympic Stadium. Um, in this match, Mbappe was actually benched for disciplinary reasons because he showed up to a team meeting too late. And... He came off the bench and actually got the winner for PSG. And then Julian Draxler just sealed it in the dying minutes to make it 2-0. But yeah, Tuchel seems to sh- want to show that he has he's more decisive than Emery was. Because I remember we they had similar issues with Emery with player discipline. And he definitely looked like he didn't know what to do. He couldn't control the situation especially when it came down to Neymar versus Cavani with the penalty dispute. I remember when he said that oh, it was down to Neymar and Cavani to sort it out. He wasn't going to come in between them. Just weak. So Tuchel definitely seems like he has... He's at least showing the image of being a stronger decision maker. But let's be honest, it was just a league on match. PSG could have dropped points here and they would have still definitely won the league. Even without Mbappe playing, they would have still probably won this match. So it would be interesting to see if he would do the same if it was, like, for example, in a Champions League match 
Or if it was Neymar who came late, will he bench Neymar as well? That would be interesting to see. But yeah, that's it. About it for Ligue 1. And then there was also the Carabao Cup midweek. I'm just going to run through the results. So Spurs beat West Ham three goals to one at the London Stadium. Arsenal beat Blackpool 2-1 at the Emirates. Chelsea defeated Derby three goals to two at Stamford Bridge. It was the return of Frank Lampard as a coach. He wasn't able to get the win. They actually shot themselves in the foot, to be honest. Derby actually deserved to get more out of this match. I mean, the first two goals they conceded were own goals. Really ridiculous own goals. Very, very unlucky. Chelsea, then Fabregas scored to make it 3-2 after Derby came back twice in the match. And after the 3-2, they actually had the better of the chances. They had far, far better chances than Chelsea created. And they definitely deserve to get at least a draw from this match. Sad for them, but it seems like Frank Lampard is actually a decent coach. He seems to know what he's doing. And I hope to see him like move on from strength to strength. Manchester City defeated Fulham two goals to nil. And the fixtures for the next round of the Carabao Cup, we've actually got the North London derby with Arsenal hosting Spurs at the Emirates. We've also got Chelsea versus Bournemouth in the other quarterfinals. The winner of the Southampton and Leicester match, which was postponed after the death of their chairman. The winner of that match, which is going to take place on the 27th of this month. The winner will play Manchester City. The winner will be at home against Man City. And the last match is Middlesbrough versus Burton. So nice, at least a lower division club is going to get to the semi-finals. So that's going to be nice for them. So let's move on to the fixtures for this week. For the weekend starting with the premier league the standout fixture this time around is going to be arsenal versus liverpool i just love the premier league man because like literally every week almost every week there is always a standout game and that's only possible in the premier league because there are so many competitive teams at the top so you just never ever have a dull weekend when it comes to the premier league and i don't expect this match to disappoint at all because it's Arsenal versus Liverpool. They don't have a huge rivalry, but of recent, the, these matches have actually been by far the most entertaining to watch. They always, I think even like in terms of number of goals, I think no fixture in the Premier League has produced more goals than Arsenal versus Liverpool. And definitely that has been the case in the past like five years. I can't count how many 3-3 three, three win, three, three draws, 3-2 three, wins, I remember the match, this was like two seasons ago, or was it three seasons ago, where it was the opening, the opening day of the league. It was Arsenal at home against Liverpool, and then Liverpool was leading 4-0, and the match ended like 4-3. I remember another match that ended with a 3-3 draw, and yeah, the matches have just been insane, and I don't expect this to be any different. I expect a shitload of goals in this match. Arsenal have a very huge opportunity to actually show that that this run of form hasn't been a fluke because obviously the criticism has been that they've only played against mid-table teams, teams in Europe that aren't that strong during this 11-game winning streak that they had. And they had the loss, sorry, they, they drew, they dropped points last weekend against Palace. So they're definitely going to be looking to rebound against Liverpool Liverpool, on the other hand, have another opportunity to show that they are genuine title contenders. 
that they're going to go all the way with Manchester City. City already defeated Arsenal at the Emirates in the first game of the season. Chelsea did the same at Stamford Bridge. So now it's Liverpool that has to show that they're the real deal, that they're the title contenders. But that being said, it's going to be a really entertaining match. I'm really looking forward to this one. Manchester City at home to Southampton. Um, the less said about this, the better. Manchester City win. We all know what's going to happen. Wolves versus Spurs. That's another mouth-watering fixture. Wolves have been incredible this season. Lately, they haven't been in great form. I think they haven't won any of the last two matches. So they need to step up for this match, but they're definitely going to step up for the match. I expect them to give Spurs a hell of a match. They got the draw against Manchester City in in their home. They got the draw away against United. I expect them to get something else with this match. Spurs have their work cut out for them this weekend. It's going to be very tough. If they can get a win against Wolves, I'll actually be very impressed because Wolves are, the, are very good. They're definitely punching above their weight. They definitely have players that are way better than than a newly promoted side they are pushing for the top 10 possibly even top six who knows and this is a perfect opportunity for them chelsea versus crystal palace another north london uh, not north london but another derby another london derby chelsea should be able to get this win though comfortably hazard should be back for this match after the back injury that he had that took him out of the last match he should be back for this I'm definitely going to make him my captain in FPL because I expect him to have a good game. I expect Chelsea to get a good win here. And lastly, we've got Bournemouth versus Manchester United, which is actually the early kickoff. Bournemouth have been in excellent form. They destroyed Fulham away from home 3-0 just last week. And it's going to be a tough match for United. They can, I can see Bournemouth definitely getting all three points from this match. It would not shock me at all. And who knows, maybe this might be the straw that breaks the back and finally gets Mourinho sacked. But like as it stands, Bournemouth are sixth on the table, United are eighth. So it's not even going to be an upset or anything if Bournemouth wins this match. They have been by far better than United. They have scored more goals. They have played more beautiful football. And they are just a better team than United is, if we're being frank. Forget the names on the jerseys. Forget the names on paper. And just look at the performances of the two clubs. Bournemouth are definitely going to be licking their lips for this match. They definitely are going to be thinking that they have a good chance to get a really, really good result from this match. United, on the other hand, it's going to be interesting to see how they perform. If Anthony Marcel is going to save Mourinho once again, if Pogba is going to have another good game. Hope he does. As a United fan, I hope to see the best for my team, but I'm not going to be hopeful for this match, to be honest. La Liga. We've got Rayo Vallecano versus Barcelona. I think this is going to be the last match that Messi is still going to be out for. He's still, he's still nursing his broken arm, but Barcelona should have no issues. Well, this is actually probably going to be a tricky fixture. I mean, Rayo Vallecano, they're at home. Barcelona... Despite the 5-1 win over Madrid last week, they haven't really been that great in La Liga. And that's the reason why we have such a tight-looking table and title race potentially this season. So that's going to be an interesting match. Real Madrid is at home to Real Valladolid. That's going to be Santiago Solari's first home match, first league match as well in charge. So 
if he wants to get the ball rolling, they need a very convincing win right here. And they couldn't have asked for a better fixture, honestly. So I expect all three points and a boatload of goals. Leganes at home to Atletico Madrid. It's, that should be another interesting match. Atletico Madrid should be able to get a comfortable win. Real Sociedad versus Sevilla. That's another tricky fixture for Sevilla. They look like they're title contenders this season, so they need to definitely get all three points in this match. And then Ibar versus Alaves. Alaves is second in the table. That's the biggest shock so far in all of Europe, in my opinion. So if they can get this win away at Ibar, that would be very, very impressive for them. They defeated Villarreal last week, so this week, let's see what they can do. Serie A. We've got Juventus at home to Cagliari. Should be a straightforward win, but let's see. Juventus haven't actually... I know they have a really high points tally. They've only dropped points once this season. They haven't lost. But the team's performances haven't really been that great. It's really taken just individual performances to build them out. So they they need to really pick up. I remember Allegri actually complained, really, really complained about the performances this season. So they need to get a good win right here. Napoli versus Empoli. Napoli also needs to bounce back after dropping points against Roma. Inter Milan versus Genoa. Inter Milan are going to be looking to keep their place in second position on the table. Fiorentina versus Roma. Roma have been quite poor this season. They've been, they've really had their ups and downs so far in this um, short time that we've already had in the season. But they need to get this win away against Fiorentina because it definitely looks like they're not going to make the top four if they don't pick up very, very quickly. Then Udinese versus AC Milan. AC Milan are on the pursuit to make top four as well, and they need a win right here. The Bundesliga, we've got Bayern Munich versus Freiburg. Bayern are back to second on the table, and they look like they're back in form, so they should probably dispatch a Freiburg quite easily. Then we've got Wolfsburg versus Borussia Dortmund. Seems like it's going to be a tricky fixture for Dortmund. But if they're the real deal, they should be able to get done with this. They should be able to get over this line. Then League On, we've got PSG versus Lille. They're definitely going to win that one. No need to talk so much about that. And then we've got the Champions League. Champions League is back. Match day four of the group stage is back. And... A lot of teams, this is really crunch time. It's getting to crunch time because a lot of teams that haven't really been performing well need to get wins. They need to definitely get wins if they want to stay in the Champions League and progress to the round of 16 instead of getting knocked out and going down to the Europa League. So let's start off with the fixtures. So we've got Red Star Belgrade versus Liverpool. That's going to be on Wednesday. Atletico Madrid return fixture against Dortmund. That should be a very cracking fixture. Dortmund, we remember, they beat Atletico Madrid 4-0 at the Signal Iduna Park two weeks ago. Atletico Madrid will definitely be looking forward to exerting some revenge. Monaco versus Club Bruges. Tottenham Hotspur versus PSV. Tottenham absolutely need a win. This is an absolute must win. If they want to have any chance of qualifying from this group, they absolutely have to win this match. So that's going to be a tough one for them. Schalke versus Galatasaray. Napoli at home to PSG. Another absolute must win for PSG. But man, they have their work cut out for them. Because if they couldn't beat Napoli in Naples, 
how they if they couldn't beat Napoli in Paris, how are they gonna beat Napoli in Naples? Ancelotti is definitely going to be looking forward to this match. I mean, he's a Champions League specialist. And honestly, I do not see how PSG is going to win this match. In all honesty, they didn't even deserve to get the draw two weeks ago. So this match, I'm really fearful for them. I mean, PSG playing Europa League football, that is a very, very big possibility this season. So stay tuned for that match. I'm definitely looking forward to that one. FC Porto versus Lokomotiv Moscow. Inter Milan versus Barcelona. Inter Milan will see this as a good opportunity to also get at least a draw or three points against Barcelona. I mean, it's not outside of the realms of possibility. They're playing at home. And correction, this is actually this is probably going to be Messi's last match out injured. He's probably going to miss this match as well. So... Inter Milan, I mean, what more could they have asked for? Messi missing the match? I don't think they could have asked for a lot more than that. So, they've got that match against Barcelona. That should also be another interesting match on Wednesday. Or, sorry, on Tuesday, actually. Wednesday, Australian time. But on Tuesday, in the times of most of my listeners. Then, Valencia versus Young Boys is on Wednesday. Cisco... Moscow versus Roma on Wednesday as well. Manchester City at home to Shakhtar Donetsk. We've got Lyon at home to Hoffenheim. We've got Victoria Pilsen at home to Real Madrid. Then Juventus at home to Manchester United. Manchester United as well, they need to get something out of this match. Or even if they don't, they have a decent chance of still qualifying because Valencia failed to get the away win against Young Boys. But most likely Valencia is going to get the win against Young Boys this time around at home. So if United is fails to win or probably loses, I think they will be neck and neck with Valencia. And it will be all down to the last two fixtures. And they do travel to the Mestalla as well. So Valencia, this might be in their hands. But Valencia also has a trip to the Juventus Stadium. So really this is... This is literally just a toss-up at this point between United and Valencia. Who gets to qualify from this group? But that being said, Juve United should be another interesting match. Ronaldo, second game against his former club. So let's see how they perform. Benfica at home to Ajax. And last but not least, Bayern Munich at home to AEK Athens. So that's about it for this week. Should be a lot of action this this week action-packed football i'm definitely going to be watching the games as usual and i'd like to thank you guys all for listening i am your host once again david ballats you can catch me on instagram at d ballats that's d-b-a-l-a-t and on twitter at dk ballats d-k-b-a-l-a-t thanks a lot guys for listening hope you guys enjoy the action over the weekend and midweek and i will talk to you guys next week bye bye